Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Robert Sarver has begun the process of selling the Suns. Two marquee matchups in the SEC punctuate the college football schedule this weekend. And is tonight the last gasp for Mitch Trubisky? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Robert Sarver is selling the Phoenix Suns, or at least he says he is, after a damning investigation into workplace misconduct, sexual harassment, misogyny, and a host of other allegations against the governor of the team, including his business partner and minority owner, coming out and saying there is no place for a person like Robert Sarver in the Phoenix Suns organizations or the NBA and people like Chris Paul and LeBron James echoing those statements. Joining me now from Locked on Suns, Brendan Clean. And Brendan, how much of this moment where Robert Sarver decides he is selling the team, do you think comes from or was incited by players like Chris Paul and LeBron James saying, we're not going to stand for this? I think... The comments made by Chris Paul, LeBron James, and then most recently Draymond Green probably played a role in how others around the league, sponsors that may uh, be partnered with the Suns and and those types of people were seeing the situation and whether it was or wasn't going to be tenable to continue those business relationships. I think there's part of it too with the players where there was a looming threat of media day. What's, What's already been said is pretty blunt. What could have been said five days from now on Monday when most teams host their media days, including the Suns' own media day, may have been even worse. There might have been some signals sent. You you were seeing some, you know, maybe coordination. Those are very powerful, prominent voices who obviously are close with one another. Was there going to be more coming? Who knows? So I think that's the case. And I think the bottom line, money talks in these situations and PayPal decided not to renew. It it announced that it would not renew its its jersey patch deal with the team. And so there was a lot of momentum from all sides that I think was just making that situation, like I said, untenable for the league, for Sarver to continue to be a presence within the team, and uh, for everyone who has to go to work there every day to keep doing so. What's interesting is Adam Silver, in a pretty, pretty weird press conference, all things considered, about all of this made a statement that you can't just take someone's team and people pointed to the LA Clippers. That was a different situation with Donald Sterling's ex-wife um, claiming that he was unfit. It, it led to a whole domino effect of other things. It wasn't the NBA saying you have to sell your team. And now we're seeing another situation where an owner is deciding to sell a different case after being publicly pressured to do so. What do you think the the tack-on effects are of this moving forward for owner behavior, short of, as we talked about in our last conversation, actual NBA-mandated specific punishments for stuff like this? Well, on that note, you know, Draymond on his podcast, you did hear him get into more specifics than what Chris Paul or LeBron had been able to say in uh, 280 characters on a tweet, right? He went so far as to say the league should, the owners, other owners in the league should vote to remove. And so you were starting to get more specific to your point. That's what would have needed to happen. And so Draymond saying that was a little bit uh, promising to me that we were getting toward 
more concrete. What do you guys actually want to change here? Right. And so uh, I, I don't know what it says about the league going forward. We were talking about it on Lockdown Suns today. And, and the unfortunate thing is it kind of provided a blueprint to commissioners who want to use public and corporate pressure to get owners out without actually angering their other bosses, the other 29 or 31 bosses that they might have uh, by actually going so far as to ban them for life or to initiate their forced sale of the team directly, right? So that's maybe a little bit of a cynical way to view it. That's how I personally view it. Uh, and I think in this case, it was kind of all that was going to happen because, again, we lacked that smoking gun in this situation, a recording, a video, a uh, picture of something damning about what Sarver had done. Apparently, a 40 to 50 page report doesn't do it in this day and age. You need uh, you need PayPal to be the one to, to get the job done. Stay up to date on the Phoenix Suns by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Suns podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what can we expect from two monster SEC matchups this weekend? And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. And with the NFL season in full swing, they are rolling and they've got new features. New features I'm excited about like the over-under game integrated right into your fantasy interface. You already use Sleeper for fantasy. I already use Sleeper for fantasy. So while you're checking your waiver claims or trying to build a trade to fleece your buddy, play their over-under game. It's really easy. It's exactly as it sounds. Choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under for something like rushing yards, for running backs. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times over 20 times the money you put in. Plus, it's already in your app so you can talk your trash. You can communicate with your friends. You can take their picks if you want. It's all in the app for you. And if you're a Locked On Sports Today listener, we've got a group for you. On your mobile phone, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on that first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Boston Celtics center Robert Williams will undergo an arthroscopic procedure on his left knee this week. He will require four to six weeks for recovery. The procedure will come six months after Williams had left knee surgery to repair a torn meniscus. The latest procedure is described as a cleanup and is expected to allow Williams to return to full strength early in the regular season. Williams returned for the Celtics run to the NBA Finals and played with discomfort in the playoffs that caused him to miss seven games. When he's out there, he's awesome. But availability has been his issue so far in his career. And the Celtics' problems do not stop there. Adrian Wojnarowski reports that head coach Ime Udoka is facing possible disciplinary action that includes a significant suspension. The possible disciplinary action stems from an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Keep it locked with Locked On Celtics' John Corrales for all the latest details there. The defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals have not gotten off to a great start. In their two losses, the offense has looked listless. And Joe Burrow has spent as much time on his back as he did before they went out and spent a ton of money to revamp their offensive line. He spent as much time on his back as he did post-op for his appendix. Burrow has an idea for everyone when it comes to their frustrations. You know, it's frustrating for me overall. Not just that, but myself. I mean, everyone is, is frustrated, but like I said, we're not panicking. Two games in, we got 15 games left. So I'll just take a deep breath and relax. 
We're, uh, we're gonna be fine. We're not worried about it. The Kansas City Royals fired longtime lead executive Dayton Moore on Wednesday. Owner John Sherman made the announcement at a Kauffman Stadium news conference, adding that general manager J.J. Piccolo will head up the club's baseball operations going forward. Moore had been the lead baseball executive for the Royals since 2006, and after a rebuilding period, the Royals won back-to-back -back AL pennants in 2014 and 2015. Second of those ended with a World Series title, the second in franchise history. And on the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds have had a rough year and have worked to do just to avoid 100 losses. But they can hang their hat on their performance against the AL East after beating the Boston Red Sox. Are the Cincinnati Reds the best team in the American League East? It's up for debate. Okay, I'm just kidding. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast. And the Cincinnati Reds finish out the season against the American League East with a winning record after taking the Red Sox down 5-1 on Wednesday night. Nice outing by Chase Anderson as he really limited all of the base runners and kept the damage very clean. Some great base running on the part of the Reds. A couple of great rallies were started because of Stuart Fairchild and his swift feet on the base paths. You love to see that. Plus, Donovan Solano getting a solo shot there in the eighth inning for the insurance run. And Alexis Diaz needs one pitch to get two outs because Alexis Diaz is awesome. There's a lot more coming this weekend as the Reds finish up the season series with the Brewers. They got a shot to play spoiler as the Brewers are looking to clean the playoff life. Going to talk about that, plus Tom Nichols returns to preview some guys that are going to the Arizona Fall League who you're going to want to pay attention to. Here is another story you need to know. You guys are never going to believe this, but the biggest games in college football this weekend are in the SEC. Number 20, Florida against number 11, Tennessee. Yes, I said that right, number 11, Tennessee. And then at night, 7 East, it's number 10, Arkansas against number 23, Texas A&M. It is going to be a dogfight every week in the SEC. Joining me now from Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy. Chris, you are breaking this down every day this is just another week in the sec what are you looking for out of these two matchups well what's so funny about sec fan bases is you know sometimes they're very confident maybe you know more confident than they should be and then sometimes they're cynical and this florida tennessee matchup is a matchup of a lot of fans who are very cynical florida fans are saying oh man we suck anthony richardson is good as he was week one he's looked terrible these last two weeks he hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass yet and we'll be lucky if we can even be in this game meanwhile Tennessee fans while they're confident in their team and how good Hendon Hooker has looked all season and it, you know taking his game to another level they are also very cynical and saying this is a matchup that Florida has owned historically we've beat them like once in the last decade plus like <laughs> you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blow it Anthony Richardson's gonna get his groove back he's gonna run all over us and we're gonna lose this game so it's just kind of interesting here the two fan bases this week but Tennessee is sitting at about a 10 and a half point favorite still according to bet online and that's probably what they'll be I mean maybe it'll be a end up being a closer game when it's all said and done but man how can you like anything of what Florida's looked like the last two weeks. I mean, uh, you know, they get blown out at home versus Kentucky. And then last week they had to hang on, you know, for a miracle to beat South Florida. So they've looked bad. Tennessee's beat up on a bunch of, you know, 
uh, high school teams, basically like Akron and, you know, they've been rolling, but this is the first true test, you know, Tennessee, are you back? Do you belong in the top 25? This is a big game for them. And for Florida, look, you know, you're going to go through your growing pains and you're one of Billy Napier, but you maybe have arrived sooner than, than you expected. If you can be, get a big win here. The other big matchup is that that Razorbacks team with Arkansas going up against Texas A&M, and that is just the appetizer for them because you've got to deal with Alabama a week after that. So this Arkansas team, they've scored 30 in every game so far this season. How good can this Razorbacks team be, Chris? This is an Arkansas team that's very uh... – you know, they're very gifted and they're very flawed. Uh, you know, they they played a tough one against Missouri State a week ago with Bobby Petrino back in Fayetteville, and they needed a, a late, you know, real comeback to win that one. I thought it was a look-ahead spot. I thought they were caught looking ahead today at, to A&M. You could argue A&M was maybe doing the same thing a week prior, losing to App State, but looking ahead to that big top-20 matchup with Miami, which they ended up winning in College Station. So it's so funny. Had you taken a poll a week ago at this time, you know, you probably would have said, oh, Arkansas, you know, very confident in them, and A&M looks terrible. Well, a week later, Arkansas struggles in their game, and, uh, you know, A&M wins, you know, a nice defensive battle with Miami. So uh, pretty crazy that Bet Online's got A&M as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's on a mm. neutral field. It's in Dallas. Uh, Arkansas does a lot of things well. They run the football better than anybody. Rocket Sanders leads the SEC in rushing. They lead the SEC in the country in sacks. Drew Sanders, the transfer from Alabama, has five sacks already this year, five and a half. And yet Arkansas has the dead last worst passing defense in the country, not just the SEC, the entire country. They're giving up over 300 yards passing a game. Max Johnson on the Osafri and m he can't throw the ball very well. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see weakness on weakness and strength on strength. You know, can AM get their run game going? They rank 122nd in the country right now. That's not you, you know, Jimbo Fisher's not used to that. So uh I like Arkansas to win the game, but man, those folks in the de desert know something when they got the Aggies still as a favorite. Stay up to date all year on the SEC by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up is tonight the last chance for Mitch Trubisky. It has not been an inspiring start for Mitch Trubisky in his second chance with the Pittsburgh Steelers with quarterback of the future Kenny Pickett waiting in the wings. Many ask how long Mike Tomlin will keep trying to play with Trubisky. Some feeling like this Browns game could be his last gasp. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers and Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns have some thoughts. As for the Steelers, I think it's a little different of a concern at the quarterback position. You know, the Browns are waiting for Deshaun Watson's suspension to end. The Steelers can pull the trigger anytime they want on the Kenny Pickett situation. All right, like, well, let's get to this, because this is where <laughs> I want to go with this. No, no, no. Do you think this is Mitch Trubisky's last start? Because the ideal scenario is to go into a long period I agree. and tell Kenny Friday morning, you'll, and because I think this is kind of similar to 2018 for the Browns when it was Tyrod Taylor and everybody knew it was like, well, when's it going to be Baker? Their hand was forced, and ironically enough, it was week three on a Thursday night against the New York Jets. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor got hurt. Baker came in, and then it was his show from there. But, like, for me, this really feels like – and I think it's going to be a little awkward for the guys, the skill players, because it's like, I'll do all I can for you, Mitch. But, <laughs> I mean, it could be in the next play. It could be in the next five minutes. It could be in the next five days that you ain't the guy anymore and it's going to be the picket era. 
there is a bit of that going around. There's right now there's a big debate in Pittsburgh whether it's more of a Mitch Trubisky problem or a big Matt Canada problem. I think the tape makes it clear it's a Mitch Trubisky problem. I think there's been plenty of open guys that have been schemed open. There, I mean, there was a play uh, against the Patriots where there was a rub route where it was perfectly designed. Both defenders run into each other. It frees up two receivers, and Mitch Trubisky threw at none of them. He runs to the side and then allows himself to get sacked inbounds when he slowed up. And that ran the clock out for the half and a two minute drill. Um, he's made too many mistakes like that. And I truly do think this could be a situation where even if the Steelers found a way to win with him, not playing really well, if he doesn't show any sign of growth, any sign of he can see the field comfortably. I do think you could see Kenny Pickett against the New York jets in, in week four, because uh, it's going to be a long week. It's going to be, you have the full weekend and a, and a full week, to uh to prepare for it um you know i think the biggest question is do mike tomlin and the steelers feel like he is ready for that moment they want to protect him you know they wanted to they wanted to give him time to play they also wanted to give mitch trubisky time to figure himself out i think they wanted to see hey you're a veteran we want to give you the respect of a veteran uh coming in here but uh neither performance in my book has been satisfactory i thought the first performance you could give him a pass against the Bengals and say well you know what the, the Steelers went in with a game plan to just not turn the ball over and trust their defense to win the game which it did but against the Patriots they dialed up some shot plays and he just refused to take them and I think that was the biggest problem there so could this be the last time that we see Mitch Trubisky start for a Steeler maybe if it was my book it would be um I covered Kenny Pickett at the University of Pittsburgh for two years and uh, I think that man has a heart of a champion. I think that he can be a true leader in the NFL. Uh, but but the Steelers, they like to take their time. They like to develop guys. They like they don't like to rush things, you know. And that's on all things. They don't like to have knee jerk reactions about coaches, about hires, about fires. They don't like to do any of that. So they might take their time on this. They might wait to the bye week to make this move. But it's becoming clearer and clearer that, that the move does need to be made at some point. Just not sure if they will pull the trigger after this week if Mitch Trubisky has another rough one. Either he's your best quarterback or he's not. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is not about developing the quarterback of the future, although they did draft Kenny Pickett in the first round. They have the players to win right now. They're not building for some nebulous future. So play the guy who gives you the best chance to win. If that's Mitch Trubisky, great. If three games is enough for him to prove to you that it's not him, great. Go to the next guy. It's that easy, and luckily... For the Steelers, they have that luxury because they drafted Kenny Pickett and because they went out and they signed Mitch Trubisky. They gave themselves options. Now, are they great options right now? They don't look like it, but at least they have the option. And finally, what is an ailing superstar to do? How about commiserate with his own fan base? Joey Botto had surgery to repair a torn left rotator cuff and bicep on August 19th and is out for the rest of the season. He's been spending some games as an analyst on television with the Reds broadcast, but on Wednesday, he decided to change things up. Votto went around the different parts of the stadium during the Reds game against the Red Sox and sat among the fans while taking selfies and signing autographs. There's a reason he is one of the most beloved people in baseball. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will this be... Mitch Trubisky's Judgment Day. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.